Morning, everyone. How are you? Can you believe that uh, this time next week we'll be living in the 20s? It's a bit of a weird thought, isn't it? No, can't believe it. Unbelievable. Uh, we're not going to be doing anything too complicated this morning. Uh, we're not going to be um, taking too long either. Uh, I thought what we'd do is we'd just open up uh, a chapter of the Bible. Um, it's 2 Peter chapter 1. It's just a, a part of the Bible that's, um, I don't know, yeah, just stuck with me a bit this year. Uh, I think there's some really helpful things for us uh, in here, particularly as we think about, you know, the end of the year and uh, the start of another year and the start of a new decade and uh, just kind of the change in life and the, uh, the things that we um, have to hold to as Christians that are really central and really important. Um, so we're just going to read this chapter together. It's 2 Peter chapter 1. Uh, feel free to grab your Bibles. It's on page uh, 1893, 1893. We're going to read the chapter together, and then what I'm going to do is I'm just going to uh, give you basically three quick thoughts uh, just on three things that kind of really stick out uh, to me from this chapter, um, but hopefully I'll be helpful. So um, 2 Peter chapter 1, page 1893, it'll be on the screen as well. Got Annika on the screen this morning, so you can farewell to her um, uh, PowerPoint skills as well as uh, my speaking. Um, this is Peter, he's uh, one of Jesus' best friends, he's writing... Uh, to some churches near him uh, towards the end of his life. Uh, Let's read. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So I'll always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I'll make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honour and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message of something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, 
spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They're encouraging words from Peter, aren't they? I've got three things, particularly from the middle of this section, to uh, just point out to us uh, as we think about the end of the year and going into next year. Uh, the first one's from verse 12. I'll get this up on the screen. I wonder if you noticed this as we went through. Now, I reckon when you receive a letter from someone like Peter, you know, he's one of Jesus' best friends, uh, sort of the, the key leader of the early church, a very kind of impressive figure. When you were opening a letter from Peter, you would sort of expect um, something really exciting, I think, to be in that letter. You might be opening that letter and thinking, wow, I, I bet I'm about to find out some big new mystery. I bet I'm about to find out the answers to all my big theological questions. I have some something new revealed to me. This is going to be really exciting. That's from Peter himself. Uh, but look at what Peter thinks really is really important uh, to tell his readers. He says, uh, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you already know them. I will always remind you of these things, even though you already know them. It's kind of remarkable, isn't it? Because Peter, he's taken the trouble to write this letter. The things he sees as most important is not new things that they could be taught at this point. What he sees as important is to remind them of something they already know. Peter wants his readers to remember and be reminded of God's precious promises. In a few, year, a few days, it'll be, uh, it'll be New Year's Day. We'll begin a new year. And uh, as the year go, years goes by and we go into next year, it's good to keep growing and learning. Uh, I'm sure at Trinity Church only next year in 2020, it'll be another year of great learning as Carl and others take us through different uh, parts of the Bible and as uh, you learn from the Scriptures. I'm sure the kids in your kids' programs next year, you'll uh, learn more things, you'll keep learning new things. I'm sure the, the older kids and the teenagers, as you get involved in youth group, you'll learn lots of things next year, and that'll all be uh, really fantastic. But uh, at one level, if you're a Christian, there's actually something more important than learning new things, and that is being reminded of what you already know, being reminded of God's great and precious promises Remembering what you already know, remembering what Jesus has done and what that means for us. I've just finished three years at Bible College, as you might know, and uh, you learn a lot of things at Bible College. And certainly one of the things you do learn at Bible College is that there's lots to learn. There's no shortage of books, there's no shortage of questions about theology or ethics or apologetics or philosophy that you could delve into and read about, and that's all good stuff. I mean, some of it's really bad stuff, it's really boring, but um, most of it's really good stuff. Uh, But there is actually kind of a trap there, because at the end of the day, the Christian life is not primarily about just trying to figure out every single question that you could possibly have. The Christian life is about continually going back to what Jesus has done, to God's precious promises, and trusting in them, and being reminded of them, and being rooted in those precious promises of God. So that's my first thing I think it's worth noticing from this passage. It's just important to remember and be reminded of God's precious promises. Uh, the second thing, we see a lot in this passage uh, around what these promises are actually about. And if we just go to the next verse, uh, you'll see what Peter says here. He says, I think it's right to refresh your memory, reminding them again, uh, as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I'll soon put it aside. Do you notice what Peter's doing here? Uh, he's referring to his body as a tent. It's kind of 
It's kind of odd, isn't it? It's kind of an odd illustration to refer to his own body as a tent. I wonder why you think Peter would do that. I'm sure lots of you would have gone camping before. Me and Annika actually, uh, and Lucy are actually camping at the moment. We've been down at Port Elliot for uh, the last few days and we'll go back again this afternoon, back to our tent. Um, I don't know if you know, but when me and Annika camp, we like to do it uh, pretty luxuriously. It's been hot the last week, so we've even set up um, some air conditioners in our tents this year and um, we've got coffee machines and uh, it's really nice being down in the tent. Oh, but the thing about a tent, right, is a tent's very temporary, isn't it? Even if it is nicely set up, it's a nice place to stay for a week, uh, maybe a bit longer, uh, but it's not somewhere you'd want to live permanently, is it? For Peter, his body is like a tent because it's a good place to be for a while, but Peter knows that it's not something that's going to last forever. He's close to the end of his life. He's soon to put his tent aside. I think one of the things that we maybe get reminded of as we get to the end of a decade is that time keeps going on, that the years will keep passing by, the the decades will keep passing by. None of our current bodies, these tents, are designed to last forever. They're not going to be here in a million years. But let's go back to God's promises again. What does God promise us? If we just go back to verses 10 and 11, Peter says, if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. See, God's precious promises are about eternity. God promises us an eternal kingdom, one that will last a lot longer than our temporary tent-like bodies, one that will last forever. And so Peter says he's just going to put the tent of his body aside. He knows that he's going from a tent to a, to a building, something that is going to last forever. He will put his temporary body aside and he will have a new body, one that will be part of God's eternal kingdom that will last forever. And God's promise to us is that that will be the case for us too. When we put our tent-like bodies aside, there's an eternal kingdom we can enter into and be able to live with God forever. That is God's precious promise to those who trust in Jesus. So first thing to notice, it's good to be reminded of God's promises. Second second thing to notice is that God's promises are about eternity. They're about things that are going to last forever. Um, the third thing I think we really find in this passage is assurance that we can actually have confidence in God's promises. We can actually trust God's promises are true. We'll look carefully at verses 12, 13 and 14. Let's pick up our passage uh, from verse 15. There we go. What does Peter say here? He says, And I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. What Peter's saying is that he and the other apostles, they didn't just follow tricks or myths or um, rumours. The story of Jesus wasn't just something made up. What does he say? We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter and the other apostles saw who Jesus was with their own eyes. And if we keep going, he says, uh, he received honour and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, 
This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Do you remember the story of Jesus' baptism when the Spirit comes down on Jesus like a dove and a loud voice from heaven cries out these words? Peter's saying, we were there, we heard that voice from heaven. What about verse 18? We ourselves heard the voice that came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. Do you remember the story of Jesus' transfiguration? Jesus and some of his followers go to the top of a mountain. Jesus becomes shining like the sun. And again, a voice from heaven comes down. Peter's saying, we were there. We saw it happen. We heard the voice come from heaven. We know it happened for sure. We were eyewitnesses. And of course, for us in this room, we might say, well, you know, that's all well and good for Peter. I I wasn't there 2,000 years ago. I didn't get to see those things with my own eyes. But we do have Peter, who was an eyewitness, and he did write down for us what he saw. And we still have Peter's words, as we've looked at this morning. Unless you think Peter was some sort of evil liar trying to deceive us all, or unless you think he was maybe totally deluded and just imagined all these things that happened, I think we have to conclude that Peter's telling the truth. He's a reliable eyewitness. And that means Jesus really was who he said he was. He really was God's son. And that means God's promises really are for sure. So then, three things. It's good to remember God's promises and keep going back to them. God's promises are about something that lasts a lot longer than this life. They're about eternity. And thirdly, we can have real confidence that God's promises are for real. I hope as you go into the new year, into the new decade, that uh, they're things that you hold on to. Let me pray for us. Our Father God, we thank you for these words from... Peter, we thank you that he got to see Jesus and see who he really was with his own eyes. We thank you that even as he came to the end of his life, he kept wanting to remind Christians of your promises. And as we get to the end of this year and enter a new decade, help us to keep growing to become more and more like Jesus and to keep going back to your precious promises and to trust you more and more. Amen.